it blows my mind that no other racing series or division or whatever you want to call it has picked up on it and done the same thing. I, it's shocking to me. It's absolutely shocking to me. I think it is so moronic that nobody else has done it because, because it I, is incredible. I feel like if, if say, NASCAR or... Granted, yes, the World of Outlaws don't have as much money as the Cup Series or whatever. Or even if the World of Outlaws did it, and it gave the outside people a perspective of what it's like just to be an American race car driver when mm-hmm. it goes through day to day, I think the fan base would grow off of it. Like me personally, I've never been like that big on Formula One. Yeah. But I watched the first two seasons, and it's like, all right, this is it's piqued my interest a little more yeah. where if they're in the United States racing, I'm probably more likely going to watch because yeah. one, it'll be on a normal time zone. I think. Yeah, yeah it will be. Uh-huh. And you won't have to be up till two o'clock yeah. in the morning just to watch the first half of the race. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And it was the most, the end of it was the most gangster end um, of all time. I, it's just, yeah so yeah we're gonna we definitely gotta i gotta gotta cover i gotta cover some of that today because um well coming up this weekend with f1 kicking off their season this weekend and the way that that the way that that wrapped up it's just it was incredible because dude i already already knew what happened i already knew who won the championship right like we're i already knew uh Verstappen won, like, but to watch it from that perspective to see the behind the scenes and everything was just, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. So yeah, do we definitely, definitely got to cover that because yeah, I mean, Bahrain is, I mean, it, they're kicking, it's, it's underway right now. You know I mean? They're, they're practicing is going right now. Qualifying is tomorrow and the race is Sunday. So yeah, it's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens after after that so all right what's up everybody welcome to three wide in the middle your home for all things racing with me of course thomas brandon and my man keith bradley keith how's it going what is going on tommy how are uh, you today i'm good i'm good so we had to push it back a day because because you were uh obviously crazy busy with uh work but we're getting it up getting it up today better late than never but that's that's all right so we got a we got a bunch of racing stuff to to cover uh did you did you get a chance to check out the the NASCAR race last week? Yeah, I uh, I think I watched I watched the majority of it. Yeah, what'd you think of it? Well, I mean, it, it's a typical Phoenix race, right? So like when I mean by that, it just there's not as much excitement as there is at any other racetrack. Yes. But overall, even with the new car, I still think it was it was a really good race. It the car didn't disappoint yet. It hasn't disappointed me yet. And I mean, what can you say? I mean, the, the, they're, they're trending in the right direction with the car because like you said it before we went on air, mm-hmm. there's guys that's never ran in the top 10 unless if it was at a super speedway. But now, now with the new car, going to these more difficult racetracks there's more guys running in the top 10 that you wouldn't expect to be there yes absolutely absolutely you know i mean when you talk about chase briscoe winning and then look at the other guys that ross chastain in second you know what i mean if if you 
if you turn around, if you turn around and look at Chase Briscoe's year last year, yeah, you think, oh man, he probably another year like that, he ain't coming back to Stuart Haas. There's no way. And then he kicks off Phoenix with a with a big win, a very big win for Chase, mm-hmm. for Stuart Haas, for Chase Briscoe's family, because he he's worked his tail off to get to this point. Yeah, I mean they all have, but yes, Chase. Exactly. Chase took a different road than everybody else. Chase didn't get that ride because of money, because of sponsorship. I I think Chase is probably one of the true talents to get a NASCAR ride to either not have money backing him or big sponsorships follow him because he, he went to Cunningham and Arca and was working for free. He was sleeping on somebody's couch because he had nowhere else to go. When he signed his ARCA deal, Chase was on his way back to Indiana. He was coming home. He gave up on the the NASCAR scene, and he lucked into an ARCA ride and won an ARCA championship, and I think we all see where it led him to. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really cool, and you're right, man. It, it's, it's one of those cool stories. Um, it harkens back to the days of, you know, the, you know, Ernie Irvin sweeping the shop and getting a ride in a cup car, you know, stuff like that, you know, where those guys would come and, and do whatever they needed to do to, to get into NASCAR, you know, cause those stories now are few and far in between, whether you're a driver or a crew guy, right? Like you listen to someone like Chad Canals when he got his break in the NASCAR. I mean, he called Hendrick Motorsports and asked for, uh, Ray Evernham. You know what I mean? And Everham got on the phone, Chad Canals said, I'm looking for a job. And Everham's like, hey, I fired somebody. Be here tomorrow. <laughs> so Canals drives all night, sleeps in the car in the parking lot, and meets with Ray Everham. You know what I mean? Like, those types of things don't happen anymore, right? Ernie Irvin sweeping the sweeping the shop floor and then gets, gets, a, gets a shot to drive. Like, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. And so when we have people like Chase Briscoe, like he said, who basically coming up the basically the hard right – and is able to put it together and get a ride with the Stuart Haas and then put it into victory lane. It's incredible to hear those stories. So yeah, it was really cool to see him win the race. Um, and he, he, I mean, he won the race, you know, that was the yeah. the coolest thing about it. He won the race. It wasn't like, you know, somebody wrecked and he lucked into it or not like that. No, he won the race, you know I mean? And all those guys, you know, the, the top three, Briscoe, Chastain, Reddick. I mean, they were, they had been fast most of the day. You know, so it they they had showed to have strength throughout the day. So it was really cool to see, man. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed the race, and to me, you know, these cars, uh, we had all the questions about it, and each week after each race, we've come in here and said, you know, they we've been you know pleasantly surprised and happy with what we've seen, and I'm to the point now where I think they're just great. I mean, we've seen them on shorter tracks, we've seen them on the bigger tracks, the the restrictor plates, and it's been good racing every week i have not i can't remember a time i can but it's just it's been a very long time where there was you know four good just straight good weeks of racing in nascar i couldn't tell you the last time i saw that uh few and far in between yeah it's been a long long I mean, time it's been a very long time yeah so. and, and one thing i even noticed too tommy during during the races i don't know what they figured out with the flat tires but they figured something out they're getting yes. the cars quicker Yes. I'm I'm very curious to know what they're doing. I know I don't think they're doing the inner liners. I don't think there's a way to do the inner liners yet. But they're definitely doing something. 
Yeah, they did figure something out because it wasn't nearly which, as a big of a problem as it was the week before. Which is something I like because there's no reason for, say, uh, poor Christopher Bell. I mean, yeah. I hate to use him. I mean, but mm-hmm. but like for him to blow a left front or a right front and then go six laps down because of a blown tire, that's just asinine in my Yes, eyes. exactly. It shouldn't happen. It should never happen. A single car incident shouldn't take as long to clean up as a multiple car incident. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind. But trial and error, they're eventually going to fix it and figure it out. Yeah. It just so happens that Christopher Bell is the test dummy. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but touching on the uh, the Chase Briscoe, man, he... He uh he drove a hell of a race. He was fast. That fourteen was fast, and in I like to compare his story to others. So like his story reminds me of remember when Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Harvick first came to NASCAR? Yes, they were sleeping on Ron Hornaday's couch. Mm-hmm. We haven't had something like that in how long? Yeah, yeah, it's a just very long common. time. Yeah. It just no. Now nowadays it's playing with daddy's money or. And I don't mean that in a bad way. No, but but they've sometimes... got bigger sponsors. A lot of these kids, I mean, dude, these a lot of these kids, they're they're spotted at a young age. It's like NBA basketball players or NFL football players, right? Like they these guys are known commodities when they're fourteen, fifteen years old. Yeah, now, you know. And and sometimes what it really kind of aggravates me, and I I try not to let it get to me because I I was a low budget race car driver didn't have any of these big fancy sponsors and you see some kids getting rides that probably shouldn't have them but they got 80k in the bank because dad yeah exactly and it just it makes it makes a low budget guy feel good when you turn around and you see chase briscoe winning nascar races now mm-hmm. yep yeah it does i try not to be biased because we're both from indiana and i race <laughs> sprint cars with chase and he just comes from a very good family yeah no, it's it's cool to see, man. It really is. Um, and you know, it, it it's it's awesome for not only for someone like him to with his story to win, but then to show, you know, the emotion that he showed, and to, oh, to you know, to be to be the like, raw emotion. Yeah, where he's just like, dude, I I was crying the whole last lap. Like, dude, that's that's amazing. Most people don't won't show that you know what i mean they won't and, they won't let those won't let people in and to be that and, uh, that open and honest about it is yeah. is amazing and and let's be honest not only did chase need that win but Stuart haas needed that win bad yeah. like really bad because i i if you compare Stuart haas's last win at new hampshire with eric almarola and this one with mm-hmm. chase briscoe eric almarola lucked into that one because they shortened the race yeah because of the daylight Chase Briscoe drove his ass off, and not only that, he had one of the fastest cars. So, I mean, it's just a feel-good story, and even if Ross Chastain would have won, another feel-good story, another one that's came up from nothing. Yep. Yep, And I think he's got a win coming. Yeah. Ross Chastain's going to have a win soon. I really feel like it. He's, He's shown a lot to me. I mean, if you compare it to last year, struggled struggled really bad and now he gets this new new deal with a new team and he's just shown a lot of speed which is very surprising to me because ross chastain i never looked him eye 
to me like, oh yeah, he's a real fast driver. He he can get it done. It wasn't until he got a really good ride with Chip Ganassi in the Xfinity till he got a uh, a win. But mm-hmm. sometimes it takes that. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. You gotta have the you gotta have the ride, and uh, you know, and it's when you get that opportunity, um, when you can take advantage of it, then that's that's what shows everybody that you've got the you've got the talent and the skill and he is definitely taking advantage of the opportunity. So big congrats to to Chase Briscoe um at Phoenix. That was a that was really, really cool. And it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. But speaking of which, there was big news that actually just came out yesterday. And um this is really interesting because it it kind of talks about well, it, it it brings up what we had been talking about with this new car. Um, you know, I I said before where you know this new car it's like a it's like a road racing car that just happens to run on ovals. Well, yesterday it was announced, I believe it was yesterday, that Hendrick Motorsports is they're they are going to be teaming up and they are entering into the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 2023, um, and they're going to be running the next gen car. Um, in that race, which is uh, really, yeah, which is really, which is cool, but also unique. Um, I just, I thought it was uh, really interesting that they're, that they're doing that. Now, there's been a lot of people who um, have all, I mean, already, of course, with this coming out, you know, people are saying, what does this mean for NASCAR? And are they going to be turning into IMSA or something like that. I don't think it's that. I, uh, I, I think no, that's a, I think no. that's a little, a little ridiculous, but I do think the ability for them to run these cars in events like that does provide a unique, um, whether it's opportunity, marketing opportunity, whatever you want to call it, you know, the fact that you could actually take the cup car and then go run it in that kind of event. Obviously, it's not a it's not a GT3 car. You know, they're running it in the uh, what do they call it? The Garage 56 slot, which is kind of the the innovative, you know, class. I guess you would call it. But really, really interesting to see how that's all going to play out. Uh, did you I'm hear more, about that? I I seen where they were going to have a a news brief on it, but I ended up I had to work last night and I would was trying to stay up to see the news and ended up falling asleep. I'm not surprised that they're going to try it because like we've been saying, it, it's a road race car. Yeah. looks just like a Trans Am car. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised by the team. This is something Chip Ganassi would do or or Penske. I would have never thought Hendrick would do it, but I, I, I like it. I love the idea. I'm yes. curious to see how, how they can get the car to run for 24 hours straight yes i I just don't i don't know i don't know if a nascar engine's capable of doing that but then again it ain't under serious load like it is at an oval yeah it's going to be a completely different thing you know um and i think that is one thing that's interesting about it is um you know when you look at don't get me wrong i'm all for it though yeah, no, I think it's really, I think it's really interesting. You know, I, I'm with you. You know, I, I wouldn't have expected Hendrick to be the team to do that. Like you said, I would have expected that to be like a Penske Ganassi, you know, one of those types of teams, even a Stuart Haas. I would expect them to yeah. do it more than Hendrick. But I can also see where 
the Hendrick team would that because they are always at kind of the forefront of a lot of things, right? And and let's be honest, they are, you know, when you talk about the the marquee teams of NASCAR, right? You've got Stuart Haas and, you know, Richard Childress, Roush, you know, Gibbs, Hendrick, you know, teams like that. And then you're really looking at Hendrick as kind of the the top of the top, especially with them winning the last two championships. And so I could see where they would be the ones to want to do this. And um, I think it's really, I think it's really cool. And it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think it's go, it means that we're going to see the NASCAR series become a Trans Am series. I don't no. think that at all. Um, I do think it just opens up the possibilities for them to do stuff like this, right? You have NASCAR and then you can do stuff like this. To me, it's no different than, hey man, we've got our, we've got our, our sprint car, right? We're, we're a world of outlaw driver. And this weekend we're going to go run with the all-stars, right? Like it's, it's, it's that, you know, it's a different format, a different track, a different, a different series, but you're still running the same car. So I think it's gonna. I think it'll be really cool to see um, how it all plays out, and if anybody else joins them. And and you know what really sits sits in my mind about it is it opens a door for future teams from the Ensel world to enter NASCAR now. That's because now yeah. they, they will get a closer look at the next gen car. And and let's face it, these IMSA teams they have boatloads of money. A lot of money because it takes a lot of money to run the IMSA cars. Yes, yes, it does. Those well, things well, are. Am I saying that all the teams are going to do it? Of course, of course not. No. no, but I wouldn't be surprised next year. Say for the super speedway races, maybe an IMSA team comes over and says, "Hey, maybe we're maybe we should try this." Hendrick came over and tried it with us. Yeah, I mean, if NASCAR it, it, keeps making the rules the way that they are with these cars, you could absolutely see that. It's just opening up a bunch of avenues that NASCAR's never really been down. No. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. You're right. They haven't. And I'm not. I'm surprised that Hendrick's doing it. But then again, I'm not. Because Hendrick's getting involved in dirt with Kyle Larson. So. Yeah, they're they're getting involved in everything. They're getting you proposed know. and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. But yeah. I am surprised with the IMSA. Because I figured it would have been... Say a Penske for yeah. sure. I definitely would have thought it would have been Penske team because they've been involved in that before. They fielded teams for that, and I think it's great for the sport. Yep, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we got we still have obviously that's that's twenty twenty three. We got a we got a long ways to go, but yeah. So that was definitely something interesting with um, with what what that news was that came out, but. But yeah, so cool stuff happened in NASCAR. We got Atlanta this week, which is obviously the the reconfiguration, and so that's gonna be that's gonna be something to keep an eye on. I am looking uh, forward to that just to see Andy Roll. Yeah, just to see what's gonna happen because this week they've got the the new configuration on the track, and then they've got the five hundred and ten horsepower seven inch spoiler which is the basically the super speedway, the restrictor plate package. So yeah. and that's going to be interesting to see what happens. And they're going to run super speedway rules at Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so, I mean, they don't really use the runoff areas anyway at Atlanta. So I kind of, no, they don't I get where they're coming from. 
I'm more concerned, and I've heard a couple NASCAR spotters talk about it, about guys can go three and four wide down the straightaways, and then it gets very, very narrow Mm -hmm. into the turns. So it'll be so... I'm curious to see if they can go three wide and yes. uh, turn one and turn three because it, it's going to be tighter, but I think it, I think it'll produce really good racing. Hard to say right now because nobody's ever really seen mm-hmm. anything ran there yet, but yeah, across all three series, I think, it, I think it'll be really good. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it shrinks down from 55 feet to 40 feet. You know, I mean, they, they really, which the, is a lot. If you think about it, yeah, 15 feet's a lot. That's a lot, right? You're a racetrack is a ton. That's a ton, right? You're talking, you know, what two car widths? Like, I mean, that, that's a that's yeah. a big deal. So two, two, maybe even three. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's a that's a pretty big deal. Now, you know, because a lot of people and they'll be like, well, you know, Charlotte's only forty feet wide. It's like yes, but also Charlotte for doesn't have twenty eight degrees of banking, and they're also not running restrictor plate packages at Charlotte, right? They're running the high horsepower, low downforce, right? When you're talking about now, you're at a mile and a half track with now it's twenty eight degrees of banking. It's the the highest banking that they've got in terms of the intermediate tracks, and you've got this where you're going from fifty five feet on the straightaways to forty feet in terms of width, and you're you're running in a pack because you have to. Right, you you're you're, oh, you're lacking 160 horsepower, and you've it, got three inches extra spoiler. You have to be in a draft. I feel like if you're a leader, you're sitting duck. Anytime yeah. you leader, you're going to be a sitting duck. I would think I so think, at this track. I think it's going to be a dumbed down version of a super speedway, which I'm not excited for. I'm excited to see the race, but I'm not yes. excited to to see the racing. Yes, because I'm. I like super speedways to a point. Yeah. I like, I, I like the old Atlanta. Me too. Me too. I understand they had to re I, I understand they had to repave it and stuff because it was literally falling apart. But yes, that doesn't mean you got to throw this restrictor plate package on it. So I'm just, I'm not a big fan of cookie cutter racetracks. I mean, we have a billion of them through the United States and they, they all race the same. You're either wide open mm-hmm. or you're not. And yeah, I don't know. It'll be curious to see. I think we're going to see a, a new winner at Atlanta. I think we'll see somebody win that's never won a NASCAR before just because of the super speedway style of racing that it's going to produce. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens um, with the Cup Series this weekend. But other than that, we do have some other racing going on. And before I get to the F1 world, which is what I'm going to close out the show on today, because that, uh, with that, with the first race this weekend, um, I've, I've never been so excited about an F1 race in all my life. And that is an absolute fact. And I want to, I'm going to tell you guys why I am so excited for it in just a moment. But before we do that, we got to cover the world of outlaws. So right now they are on their, their first West coast swing of the year. They make two West coast swings every year. Um, when things are normal, when we don't have COVID going on. And right now they're on their first West coast swing, um, which got underway last week. Now we talked about last week that they were going to be kicking this off. And it was really cool because we had the two California boys basically kick it off with wins um, at the Thunderbolt, as uh, Giovanni Selzy and Kyle Larson both got wins at uh, Tulare. Did you happen to see those races, Keith? Watch the highlights of it or anything? 
Um, unfortunately, I did not. Oh but man, it was awesome. I, I like the fact that Geo Selzy won. I'm a big Geo Selzy fan. I, I feel like he's a underappreciated dirt car driver. I I'm with you. I really like I really like Giovanni. But I like his brother more though. I mean that's the downfall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, both of them are really good, man. Oh, they're both, both really, really good. good. Yeah. But yeah, it was a really good race, man. You know, uh, poor Spencer based him because that that poor guy, um, he he had been running up front I, like both nights. He was like one of the guys to beat, and ended up not getting the win. You know, um, well. The night number one when Selzy won, it was it was really cool because there was just you had you know David Gravel, Kyle Larson, Geo, Spencer Basin, even Rico Abreu, like all those guys had led laps. You know what I mean? Like you had this really cool battle up front. And um, if you've ever been to Tulare Thunderbolt, I mean they call it Thunderbolt for a reason, right? Like it's a third of a mile and it's basically a bowl. It's I mean it's this really fast you know track and they just get around it quickly and it's got this high banking on it and you can see really close fast action which is what we got to see so that was really cool on the first night and then the second night of course Kyle Larson comes out and you know gets another win which was hilarious because he had he got he landed into Larry on Friday afternoon, got third in the Outlaws feature, and then he took a plane back to Phoenix. Okay. He qualified seventh at Phoenix on Saturday and then flew back to Tulare and won the feature in the Outlaws and then flew back to Phoenix for the cup race the next day. <laughs> like that reminds me. That is that is crazy. It reminds me of back in the day when Guys would try to compete for the Cup Series championship in the Bush Series. Bat, I mean, this yes, way back, mm-hmm. and they would an Xfinity race would be on one side of the country, and the Cup race would be on the other side, and it that's yep. what it reminded me of. But it don't surprise me that Kyle Larson went out and won a dirt race. I don't think it should surprise anybody. No, really. uh, uh-uh, uh, 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 and he can. I mean, the guy can literally. Didn't he grow up racing Larry? So it's not. It's not. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. He's from here. Kyle Larson (laughs) is from here. You know, he he is from Elk Grove, which is about thirty-five minutes from where I live. And so, when any of the the California tracks, right, whether it's you know Tulare, Merced, um, you know Ocean, um, where they're going to be at uh, Calistoga, Paris, Hanford, Chico, Placerville, like all those tracks that the Outlaws run. I mean, Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet, you know, the Selzy boys, like those guys grew up on those tracks. That's that it's that's what they grew up on. You know, they all started running, whether it was, you know, the King of the West or 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 NARC or, you know, Golden State Challenge, whatever the series is, Civil War, which is the three sixty one out here. They they all run those tracks. And so yeah, Larson, I mean, he could run Tulare probably in his sleep. Oh, I believe uh, you it. You know, so yeah, it was so, it was cool to see the California boys both get the win. Oh, for sure. So while we're on the World of Outlaw mm-hmm. subject, I want to I want to hit on the non-wing stuff for the Extreme Series. Yes. Um, unfortunately, it looks like Justin Grant and Chase Dawkins both are going to miss the next two Extreme Outlaw races. They, no, uh, really. They have been fined. There's been penalties handed down for both both teams. Um, 
they did a tire sample test after after the Volusia races, and they they both failed. So both Chase Docton and Justin Grant was disqualified from Volusia. On oh the 14th, wow! From the fourteenth race, on um, Justin Grant was disqualified from February fourteenth race, and Chase was disqualified from February 15th race, and they had to give up purse money from the weekend. Plus, they have to pay a $120 tire analysis fee. On top of, Justin Grant has to pay a $2,000 fine. Damn. Same with Chase Brisbane, or Chase Stockin. And they're both suspended the next two races, and any other violation will result in a higher fine or more races lost. Wow. Very, very unfortunate. Very yes, unfortunate. Yes, it is. That sucks. That sucks. But I I do have to admit, I'm kind of glad to see the world of outlaws come down on penalties like that. If you're going to enforce those tire rules, then enforce it, right? And Absolutely. Yeah, you and, know what I mean? Because the gray area stuff is what causes the problems. And it's not very often you see a tire test come back. No, it's not very often you see a tire be tested for foreign substances. No, God, no, no. And look, I mean, here's the thing. The last a lot time of people saw... do it. Oh, oh, it's yeah. Insane. Don't get me started on this. Yeah, topic. lots I of people can... do it. Hell, we <laughs> used to do it on the asphalt side. Like, there, it's like everybody oh. does it, man. <laughs> and they never test the damn thing. That's why everybody does right. it. Yep. <laughs> and in the last the last time I've seen a tire test actually happen was a USAC driver. They tested it and he he faced the consequences of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I mean, uh, that's a big joke with with sir. I mean, you, uh, you look at like the the super dirt car series, like the running joke with them is the reason they're so good in the slick is because they all dope their tires. You know what I mean? But it's like there's I'm sorry, a lot of everybody, everybody. There's a lot of truth in that. Tires. Yeah. You know what I it, mean? it just so, depends on who gets tested and who don't. Exactly. So but what hurts, what hurts is you're so you're not you're not in the middle of the season. You know, yes. This, this is at the beginning. So yes. In total, the first two. Mm-hmm. Justin Grant was fined four thousand six hundred and twenty dollars, and Chase Dawkins was fined three thousand nine hundred and twenty. Yeah, it is a blow for sure. But for all you listeners, they—they they are not the only ones doing it. I—I I can promise. Oh God, you no! They were just the ones that got caught. And unfortunately, they got caught because yeah. even when I was racing, I'm not going to say that we were doing it, but we—we we tried it. Yes. Oh no! <laughs> absolutely. Mean, we've all tried it. Yeah, we absolutely. Did it in cards. What, yeah. what do you think we use simple green for? Yeah, absolutely, man. We used to do it on we used to do it on the asphalt side. I remember my my boss, whatever you want to call him, I remember him coming in and he had this stuff. He had these jugs, these like, you know, these big old like ten gallon jugs of this liquid. And I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? What is that? He goes, I want you to take Qualifying. these tires. Yeah, I want you to take <laughs> these tires. I want you to roll that stuff on it. I want you to wrap it in cellophane and let them soak for 24 hours. I was like, okay. I'm like, are we supposed to be doing this? Is this legal? And then he's like, it's only illegal if you don't get caught. I'm like, okay. Like, I mean, sure. <laughs> you know, and sure enough, we ended up going out and qualifying good and we won the race. 
and the, the funny thing was is we actually won the race on legit tires we qualified on the on the illegal ones but we won the and, race and on the legit ones and that and that's normal yeah it is back in the day it was normal for guys to have just a, a special set of qualifying mm -hmm. tires yeah why because of the they were softer why were yep. they softer well there's all kinds of products you can buy to. Oh to my gosh, yes, buy. yeah. Oh my god, yes. It's it's insane. Yeah. Like we tried the tire dragon stuff. Remember that chemical where you could soak the tire in? Yeah, we mm -hmm. we tried that. Yeah, we tried it. Yep. I mean, we did more than just tires, but with that's yep. the story for a different day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember us. I remember us when we were going to where were we racing? It was an indoor race. It must have been Chili Bowl, but you know, at Chili Bowl, yeah, it must have been Chili Bowl because at Chili Bowl. You have to run ethanol, right? You can't run yeah. methanol. You have to run ethanol. And we had 55-gallon drums of methanol. And I remember sitting there with a can of carburetor <laughs> cleaner, wash cleaning the M off those canisters oh, so we could run methanol, man. That's funny. That you is know? funny. But that, so, it's just like, it's like what are so you going to do? <laughs> while we're telling stories on each other, I'll tell one on me now. So um, when we were racing go-karts, and this is when I first started is like my second or third year in go-kart racing. And we were being accused of cheating because that season we ended up winning uh, the 13 of the 14 races that Lawrenceburg Speedway's go-kart track had. Yeah. So when we started our hot streak at the beginning of summer, you put a target on your back when you start winning a lot of races. Yeah, People you do. Questioning you, and then, then you get teched harder, and then, then the tracks after you just because. I mean, who wants to see the same person come in and mm -hmm. win? Because yeah. I mean, it wasn't like we were winning the feature. We were winning every heat race. We'd come out and we'd be the fastest in hot laps. So they were, they more or less put a target on our back for us, and it pissed my dad off. And um, so they would start. Well, you can't qualify. Well, we're going to put you on the tail of your heat race. And then we're going to put you on the tail of the feature. And my dad's like, well, if you don't win, you're in trouble. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Why, why should I be in trouble? But okay. So we were sitting in the shop one night. My grandpa was somewhat involved, but wasn't involved yet in my racing. And I think my dad, he was having a alcohol beverage. Remember when the Miller light bottles had the vortex and the and the next of them? Yes, I do. So that way it'd come I out do. faster. Well, uh -huh. He was drinking one, and he, you could just see the light bulb <laughs> switch in his head. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I got an idea, and we're going to try it. Okay. So he went to work that weekend or that following week, took the carburetor off our go-kart, and cut spirals into our carburetor like that Miller Lite bottle. That Nobody is would ever awesome. see it. Why? Because we had restrictor plates covering it. Yeah. That is so, awesome. <laughs> when I started ripping off big wins and they're like, whoa, whoa. My dad's like, it's that carburetor. They'll, they're never going to find it. They will never find it. So then the animal engine from Briggs and Stratton became really big. Yeah. And they would paint certain parts orange on the animal. So we would start painting those same parts orange just, just to keep them going because it was starting to get comical. Yeah, like exactly. They were, they were testing our gas that we were using for turbo blue and da, 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 da. I would have guys come up and be like, well, we'll just use your gas. All right, use it, but it ain't going to, it ain't going to help you. It nothing. ain't going to affect nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, awesome. It was, just, it was just funny. 
That's amazing. That's see, that's I, genius. That's genius. I, and that's the thing that people don't understand about racing. If you're not that, cheating, you're not trying. I'm well, sorry. Yeah, it well, and it's not a, exactly. And that's the thing. And that's the thing that people don't understand. You are not Daryl Walter said it best. We are not rule breakers. We are rule makers. You go to the enforcement. You push the yeah. car to the boundaries of the enforcement. That's what you are doing. That is your so, job. I told that story to a friend of mine that's pretty close to me that's been involved in my racing too. And he's like, so basically when you won your championship, you cheated the whole year. Well, let's be honest. We didn't cheat for the first five races. So no, yeah. we didn't cheat the whole year. I was like, but I'm telling you now, if you go through, even in go-karts all the way up to the top forms of motorsports, somebody's cheating. They're, yeah, there's there's some gray area yep. and you can play in the gray area. It's yep. just how far in the gray area you go. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's no way to, there's no way for it to be, there's no way for it to not have hey. that gray area unless well, like you just roll him. out 20 of the exact same cars. You know yeah. What I mean? And like I told him, it's their fault for not checking the carburetor. If they would have checked it, they would have found it. Exactly. But... Exactly. Right. It, it, and it's... and there's probably nothing in the rule that states that you cannot do that nope, to your there carburetor. Wasn't either. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So in the end, you're you're pushing to the enforcement, right? To what it is that they're going to enforce. Right. You're not breaking a rule. You're basically creating the environment to make a new one where they need yeah. to look at that and go, All right, we see what you've done here. You can't do this anymore. That's so before, that's where it is. Before we did the the vortex and the carburetor, my dad had we had two restrictor plates for our engine. We would have one where the restrictor plate holes were cut out. So it was mm -hmm. like having a restrictor plate, but not having one. It was there for decoration, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we would use to practice hot lap, um, qualify, and run our heat races on because they never really teched it then. And then they started to. My dad's like, oh, shit, we better figure something out real quick. Yeah. Because how, how are you going to change a restrictor plate while you're sitting in, in your go-kart? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So he was like, well, we'll just, we'll do this and this will help a lot. And it did. Yeah. And, and like, when I mean the top forms do it, look at Kevin Harvick two years ago, three years ago, mm -hmm. when, when they were running aluminum bracing in their windshields. Why? Because it's creating a dent. What happens when that dent, it creates more top force to your car. Yep. You get more down force out of it. Mm -hmm. exactly. So, yeah, I, I may have cheated a little bit in my go-kart championship yeah I see i don't but, but i don't, call, I don't consider that i don't consider that cheating i consider that innovation now <laughs> if if you had if the, and this is where the line is drawn for me if you if they had teched your car found that carburetor saw that those grooves were cut and then said hey look we got we got you you can't do this this is this is yeah. illegal now don't bring this back. And then you bring it back and you get caught again. Yeah, you're getting popped for cheating. Then, yeah, yeah. That, then it's a different story. Yeah, then it's a different story. But while you're dancing in that, if there's that gray area, you can dance in that thing all day long at your own risk. You know what I mean? And so oh, and, that's and, that's what it is to me. And to be honest, Tommy, when and let's let's be fair, this this was 14-year-old kids. Or yes. not even 14. We were young. We were very young. We were just getting started. And it's kind of like, why are you teching us so bad? Like, they were doing engine teardowns mm -hmm. on our carts. And it's like, what the hell? Yeah. You got 40-year-old men out there racing for big money. And you ain't, go, you ain't tearing theirs apart. Yep, why? Exactly. Because the Westerfelds of the racetrack 
their sons were winning everything. And when you bring a different name in that starts to win everything, it gets intimidating to a point. Like exactly. I, I would have kids that we raced with come up to me crying. Hey, can I win a race? No, if you pass me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I just can't pull over for you. It's exactly. Just, we're here to race. We're here mm-hmm. to win. And if you can't, my bad. I mean, it yeah. doesn't help that we were cheating at the time, but I didn't look at it as cheating because it no. never found it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, that, that right there to me is, it is a phenomenal lesson in life. Look, well, man, it's like- there's times where you can do everything right. You can do everything right, work your butt off, run the perfect race, and it still might not be enough. And you know exactly. what? That is and, life. It happens. And like my dad said, he goes, well, if they're going to accuse us of cheating, we might as well just do it. Exactly. And then, exactly. And then when they do catch us, they'll be like, well, you're accusing us anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it, like, did you know out, <laughs> it did come out years later that we were, and then the guy that was doing the teching, I was racing sprint cars with, and I was like, I, I, I knew you guys were doing something. I was like, but you didn't find it, did you? Yeah. No. So you really can't do nothing. No, nope. but it was smart. And I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Oh, oh that, that's good. Uh, I see. I, I love, I love, I love that stuff because I mean, like you said, every race team is doing it. Every, you know what I mean? Every Every kid in go-karts, I shouldn't say every kid, but the vast majority of them, their parents, their dad, whoever, is trying to find a way to make that car faster, looking for a gray area. I mean, from the day you start racing, that is is your job as a crew chief, mechanic, builder, whatever it is. That is your job. It it happens a lot more in the quarter midget ranks than it does in anything else. Oh, my God. Those parents are nuts. They're yes, absolutely yes, nuts. Absolutely. But but my not to get off subject, but my point was is it's it's very surprising to see a bigger mm-hmm. series actually drop the hammer on these guys. And it, yes, it is. In MIs, it's shown the world of outlaws. They're not playing around with it. Like, yeah, you don't see USAC come out and do this a lot. No, you don't. You, don't. you really you don't. don't. No, you but, don't. But it's a good thing that they did. Now, you know, and look. I mean, the Extreme Outlaw Series, you know, it was just announced a couple days ago. Toyota is going to be the main sponsor for the Midgets. Like, that's a big deal. That is a very big deal. You know, that's a huge deal that Toyota is coming on as the primary sponsor for the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series, right? So, you want to make sure that everything's on the up and up. We really shouldn't be surprised that Toyota's stepping in. No, no. I mean, I'm, if you I'm look at how big off. that they've gotten in the midget racing, I mean, yeah. it's it's been insane. Well, and if you look at the midget engines, 90% mm-hmm. of them are Toyotas. Yes. I remember when that was, when Toyota first started coming in, I, it was, the vast majority of us at the time were like, this is ridiculous. What's, what's Toyota going to do? They're not, they're not, they're not making midget engines. Are you kidding me? You know, because at that time in the midgets, you basically had, you know, a couple of engine builders that were the big dogs, right? When it came to the midget engines and you had, you know, like your S-slingers, right? Or rod slingers, you know, those things would, they'd rev out like, you know, 12,000 RPMs or whatever. And then you had someone like, you know, uh, uh, Ed Pink, you know, who's making them crazy engines. You know, he had the Ford model and the Chevy model, you know, so you had these different engine builders and then, Toyota comes along 
and it's like, all right, you know, Toyota is going to start doing this and they're going to be building these engines and doing all this stuff like this. And a lot of people at the beginning were very suspect about it, but it did not take long to realize that, yeah, you're going to need a Toyota engine if you want to compete yeah. with these guys. Like, I mean, it, they really took the, took the, uh, the, the series by storm when it came to their motors, it was shocking how fast you saw people changing over to Toyota engines. I mean, it was just a couple of years where people were like, dude, we got to get a Toyota engine. I now look nuts. at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're they're just growing bigger into mm-hmm. other forms of dirt racing. I mean, they're working on a Toyota engine for the Outlaws. Mm-hmm. I'd say it probably won't be long, and they'll have a non-wing engine or even a late model engine. Yes. Heck, do you do you remember back in the day when guys would run Pontiac blocks? Yeah, that was a long time ago. But yeah, you, you don't hear about it no, no more. But God, like, no. Like in the, in the sprint car world, you you either hear, oh, this guy's running a Ford a Ford motor or a Chevy. Yep. And heck, we were still, we were just getting started, and a guy was like, yeah, I'm running an old Pontiac sprint car engine. I'm like, oh, what? Pontiac made made blocks and stuff. Oh yeah. And it it had the castings and numbers mm-hmm. on it and everything. I was like, that's wild. He's yep. like, the engine's older than you, but yeah, I still yeah, they use were it. they were really really rare because they were just so old. But yeah. I remember that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, most everything was Chevy or Ford, and I think yeah, and it still see... kind of is. But I, yes. I see Toyota stepping up now yes. because, let's be honest, they want to be in everything that has to do with racing. Yes, they do, and, and I don't have a problem with that. I love no, it. No, I think, I think it's I think a good, it's great thing. for the sport because what comes with Toyota, more money for yes, one, exactly. and now we see them stepping up and sponsoring the uh, Midget Series, which yeah. I think is great. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, and especially when you look at the, the cost of how everything has gone up, just looking at fuel prices and stuff like that, um, you're going to need a big sponsor like this. You're going to need yep. that, that, that prize money and incentive for people to make them trips. Um, you know, their, their season gets underway here um, just in a couple of weeks. You know, we've got the, what is it? The uh, Illini 100, you know, Farmer City, April 1st and 2nd, the midget's going to be kicking off. So um you know it's it's really cool that toyota's come on to be the to be the main sponsor and um i'm I'm gonna i'm i'm looking forward i can't wait to watch that that first week to see Uh, who all shows up and and the racing because i think it's gonna be really really cool and and you know if you sit back and you think about it tommy back when we were involved in it you'd never see toyota step up and do anything like this i mean trd probably wasn't really a thing then no trd was yeah there was just a couple of people coming and most of the people, most of the people that had TRD on their dirt car were, it was somebody like that you would see at the Chili Bowl and they ran in another series for Toyota and they just happened to be yeah. running a midget that weekend. Like that was, that was the extent of it. Like and, there wasn't now, a whole lot of it. Now their, their names becoming more prominent in more forms of racing and i yes. love it i think yeah. it's great i think it's really cool too it just opens more avenues for everybody yes which we need you know you we need that across the board dirt so, racing needs more love so exactly exactly now speaking of which i mean we we got to ta- we got to cover this really quickly because we did have the shamrock this last weekend and we both um, picked winners. We both picked winners. Uh, what do you That's think? right. That was awesome. <laughs> so team has got night number one. Justin Grant got night number two. That was uh that was really, really cool, man. Did you happen to see any of that race at all? I watched some of the highlights and man, man, oh man, I thought Team Mez was gonna sweep the weekend. I thought he was too, man. 
I thought that, he was too. That's what happens with indoor racing. I mean, you're close it, quarters with people, and when when little accidents happen like that, they turn bigger. And exactly, teammates was wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. But hey, his his teammate turned around and and picked up the dub for the team. So yeah, that, that's exciting. I yeah, mean, I'm not, it was really I, it was really cool. I was happy to see that. I was like, sweet, we we both. <laughs> Both got the winning driver, it, so it, it equaled it out. <laughs> yep, it equaled it out. We both get the bragging rights. Yeah, that's now. right. So it was it was cool, man. It was cool. We'll definitely have to we'll have to pick some winners for the Illini one hundred when that comes up. But you know, it hitting on it, they both race for RMS, and I feel that RMS is going to be the competition for Keith Coons. I really yes. do. I mean. Somebody has to, right? Because, I mean, yeah. let's be honest, a KKM cars are everywhere, and he shows up with seven to eight of them, and it's kind of like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Who, who do we have to go against him? I mean, not to say anything bad about Chad Boat, but losing Chris Wendham's big for yeah, that team. Yeah, that's that's huge. You're talking so about then, I mean, a ch- championship-caliber driver. Absolutely. And then you look through the pits, and it's like, oh, Timaz and Justin Grant's here. The, those are the competition for mm-hmm. KKM, and – I think this year's the year that either Justin Grant or Team As wins the midget championship. I just I I do too. I I would love to see Buddy Kofoid needs some competition and that, that's yes. gonna come from one of those two. Yes. I would love to see Mezerol win the championship. I really would. I think that would or be Cannon awesome. McIntosh. I, I can't forget about him too. Yeah, I mean obviously I mean that he he's so good, man. That kid's so good. It's yeah, there's I mean there's a lot there's so many good drivers in the in the major series there really is man it's insane and they're all kids i know that's the thing no, that's the crazy thing like they're yeah. just getting out of preschool yeah like, years ago now now look at them mm-hmm. you, you know, wouldn't see like that Mezzerol's like when when Mezzerol's like the old man on the series like that's that's crazy He's almost grandpa status. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, a he's a freaking senior citizen to those guys, uh, dude. It's nuts. But I like seeing it because back when, back when we were involved, if you were a kid coming up, you were going to either NASCAR or you were going to NASCAR. I mean, that, that's exactly. Mm-hmm. That's and that's the way it really was. It. That's the way that it was. I mean, and that was the whole reason you went midget racing. That was why you went USAC. Those were the, those were the avenues back when we were doing it if you wanted to race dirt right if you're if you wanted to be a professional dirt driver you went to the world of outlaws if you wanted to race an indy or nascar you went to usac that was that was the two avenues you would go to usac because there you could run dirt and asphalt and hopefully you would get a call so you can get into a truck ride or an arca or something like that right like that was the that was what you did and now you see these guys coming up and it's just like, no, I'm just here to run dirt. Like I, I'm a dirt yeah. driver, you know, I mean, and it's they, awesome. they all, I'm sure they all have aspirations to go where Kyle Larson is. Yes. Kyle Larson opened that door for a bunch of young kids to do this, which is mm-hmm. great. But like back in the day, the last person that comes to mind that tried it when I was racing was Brian Clawson. Yes. Cause he was under contract with Ganassi. Unfortunately it didn't work out for Brian. Mm-hmm. But it also created a stud of a dirt car driver. I mean, yes. Well, that was the thing. You only saw that happen with there would be like one. Yeah, you know, you had. I mean, remember you had obviously Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart. Those were the really big ones, right? Then you had you know Kenny Irwin Jr. came along, or you had you know uh, Ryan Newman. Um, 
uh, Carl Edwards for one. You know, yeah, Carl Edwards was a dirt driver. You know what I mean? Like you had these guys who would come along, Casey Kane, right? That they would come along. They're these phenomenal dirt drivers, and they go up to NASCAR. And then that was it. But now you're seeing it's where you have all these guys not only running in NASCAR, but they're running both and doing it consistently. It's like, no, no, no. I Yes, I'm a cup driver, but I still love to race dirt. So I'm going to go run it. Yep. And, and it's and incredible you know, for the sport. And there's some of them that go to NASCAR. They leave NASCAR. Now, where are they? They're back racing dirt. Exactly. Any trader. Yeah. I bet he runs more races than anybody right now. Running yeah. His dirt modified across the country. I mean, even not only just Kenny Schrader, but Kenny Wallace. Yeah, he wasn't exactly. a dirt driver coming in. But he, he didn't start driving dirt till he was like forty something. Yeah, and now he left NASCAR. He left. Mm -hmm. He he was doing the race day on Fox. Left that, and now mm -hmm. he's a prominent yeah. modified driver, and he's yeah. pretty good. No, to me, Kenny Schrader is the epitome of professional dirt driver. Right. Every single kid growing up at, and, and who's racing, you know, whether it's outlaw carts or quarter midgets or whatever. Right. Every single kid, if you said, look, when you are 60 years old, you can still be hopping into a dirt car and racing for a living. That is how you pay your bills and you're traveling the country running all these dirt tracks. Would you take it? Every single person would sign up for Kenny Schrader's life. Right? Like yep. it's the epitome of professional dirt driver. You get to travel the country, you get to race, you know, three, four nights a week, however many nights it is, you know, I mean, he was racing 70, 80, you know, races a year. It's insane how much the guy still races. And that's what he does, right? He's just a race car driver. It's absolutely and incredible. A lot like Tony Stewart, he owns mm -hmm. a racetrack. Yep, he owns a racetrack and he's got all these other ventures and it's just people, I think the, those guys are so, I mean, look at Casey Kane, right? Casey yeah. Kane did the NASCAR thing. He's back running with the Outlaws. It's awesome, man. It's it's absolutely awesome. And, so, and I love, I love it. it. Like, yeah, I love it, like man. It's so cool. Kenny Schrader and Kenny Wallace came to Indiana to run, I think, at Terre Haute. I mean, they still come here and run at Terre Haute during the USAC weekend. Mm -hmm. But when we were racing, we went up and we were watching somewhere. I can't remember the track, but they both were there and... I'm walking through the pits talking to, I think I was talking to Baloo. And then I was like, dang, look at that big trailer coming in. And it ended up being Kenny Schrader. And then a bigger trailer behind it came in and ended up being Kenny Wallace. So I went yeah. over and was looking around just to see who it was. And you'd think they'd have these big egos because they were, they were NASCAR drivers. Kenny no. Wallace was a good, or Ken Schrader was a good NASCAR driver. Yeah. He mm -hmm. drove for some of the bigger teams in NASCAR, and yeah. you'd think he'd have this cocky attitude of get away from me. He was probably the nicest person I've talked to. Yes, he's one of the, the nicest nice. people I've ever come across. And I, Kenny Wallace is probably the funniest person I've ever met. Yeah, I've never met Wallace, I, I, and I didn't formally meet Schrader. So the guy that I was working for at the time, Terry Caves, Schrader used to drive for him all the time. And Schrader was actually going to run for us one weekend, and he never did. It's, it's, it, it was very upsetting that he didn't run the midget for us. But we went down to the Copper World Classic, and Schrader was running three of the four cars or something like that for Copper World. And we went over to his garage, and we talked to him. And um, I just, you know, I was just standing there. But he was such a cool dude. Like, he, like not big time, not nothing. Like he's just a race car driver, man. It's, it's just so cool to have those guys. And, and 
you know, like you said, he not only reached the pinnacle of motorsports in terms of NASCAR, like he raced for Hendrick. This guy's once gone has won races. And when you look at his accomplishments in dirt, right? Like I always say Kenny Schrader is part of that group of drivers, right? Where you're talking about the the legends, right? The the Steve Kinsers, the Jack Hewitts, right? He's on that list where when he pulls into the pits at the track, the announcer should say, Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Schrader, right? Like they should stop what they're doing and and throw roses out in front of this man's hauler like that's the type of driver and what he's done for the sport and he you're, you're right there he's one of the coolest people you'll ever meet yeah and, and they're just so knowledgeable too yes that and that's the thing you know that's that's the thing the there's it's probably the thing i miss the most about not being involved in racing like i used to be years and years ago and although you know now i'm i'm getting more back into it and i'm going to the races and stuff more and more um i'm not in it like i was i'm not at the track three nights a week and, and at the shop the other four and stuff you know what i mean I'll, I'll never have that life again but that's the thing that i miss the most are those guys like a kenny schrader or even if it's just your local track you know, legend, old school champion or whatever, just sitting and talking to those guys about racing, just listening to them tell stories of back in the day, you know what I mean? Where they're just, you know, they've all got those, they're like crazy war stories from when they used to run these tracks or, you know what I mean? But, you know, you should have seen Baylands in 1969, you know, like these crazy stories. Like I, that's the thing I miss the most is just, is hearing those guys talk about racing. Like I could just sit and do that for hours, man. It's, it's, it's amazing. Oh, and when you can talk to the older race car drivers yes. about racing, it it's yeah. sit down and listen. It, yep. It's, it's put your ears on and, yeah. and listen to the, the cool stories that come along with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. So it's good that we still got guys like that in the sport and that they're that they're still around. So yeah, it, it's it's really cool. But all right, well, guys, we've already gone more than an hour. So here's the deal. I had a very special thing i was going to be doing on f1 but we got we got so far into the dirt stuff here i am going to here so here's what i'm going to do i am going to actually save that until next week um because uh, i for one i'm going to give keith a chance to 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 watch uh and for all of you listen i'll give you a chance to to watch the rest of the f1 series on netflix the new season because next week it's going to be a spoiler i'm just letting you guys know in advance right now because i want to talk about it because what they've done is so incredible um and the way that they've done it there's drivers out there upset like sergio perez max verstappen are not happy about it they think that the series has done a big disservice i think those two could not be more wrong and the reason is is they are looking at it from their perspective and they're not looking at it in terms of a big picture perspective. And on top of that, it's just everything else that it that it has done for not only the sport, but the drivers as a whole has been incredible. And this last season was the pinnacle of it, in my opinion. Obviously, the big reason for that was the battle that we had between Verstappen and Hamilton for the championship and all that conspired in that last race. So we'll dive more into that. Um, next week because yeah we had a bunch of dirt racing finally that got back underway this last week which we've been waiting for and we've got a bunch more coming up this weekend obviously the outlaws are still on their west coast swing um, they're going to be at ocean speedway tonight or no they are at merced tonight and then they'll be at ocean speedway tomorrow night then they're at bakersfield 
and then Paris. So they got a couple more nights in uh, California before they start heading back out to the east. They got, then they got to go to New Mexico, Oklahoma, Texas, and Missouri. They'll be at I-55 uh, in April and stuff like that. So a uh, couple of really big things coming up um, in the dirt world. So always looking forward to that. And like we just talked about, we got the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series going to be kicking off in a couple of weeks in Illinois. So that'll be really, really good too. But, but yeah, that's all we got for today. So Keith, thank you very much as always, man. Always a good time. Thank I'll you. Be, uh, and yep. Sorry. I was so late. Oh, you're good, man. You're good. We get it. We get it out. We get it out. So it's all right. Yeah. As long as we get it out during the week, we're good to go. So yeah, everybody we will be back next week. As always, thank you guys very much for joining us. If you like this, you guys know what to do. Like it, share it, subscribe, download all that other good stuff. Leave us a rating and review. If you'd like share it with people that you know, or that you would think would like it and yeah, help us grow this thing. So uh, we can, so we can keep doing what we're doing, which is just sitting here and talking racing. But yeah, that's going to do it all, you guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Keith, my man, take care, and I'll uh, talk to you later. Sounds good. All right, take care, everyone. Have a good one.